time for Football Friday Night Post Game on Power 105. The Football Friday Night Post Game show is brought to you by Atomic Credit Union, Minuteman Press, Wendy's, Airline Church of Christ, Donato's, and Steve Abdella of Auto Exchange. Now, here's your host, Michael Roth. It's another Friday night here in Southeast Ohio, and a jam-packed Friday night all across the state of Ohio. Um, Big-time games everywhere, but we're going to keep it focused on Southeast Ohio with you tonight. A lot of exciting games. You just got done listening to the Athens County Game of the Week, where the Alexander Spartans improved to 2-0 and in conference play another big time victory for alexander over wellston they get the victory 28 to 13 over on wath the athens bulldogs fought but they didn't have enough to get the victory against the vinton county vikings vinton county a team who many thought would compete for the tvc ohio title they are 2-0 but tonight a bit closer than many expected and before we take you all around around Southeast Ohio, break down every game going on in Southeast Ohio with major playoff implications and conference title race implications. We're going to talk to the voice of the Athens Bulldogs, Cedric Granger. And Cedric, I, I think the first thing that is notable about Athens 21-6 to loss to Vinton County, for those of you who listened to the game, was kind of how successful Athens offense was for scoring zero points. This was a team, I think you said they got across the 50-yard line seven times yep, with the seven ball. seven times, Michael, seven. They had nine drives total in this game. They crossed the 50 seven times. And it's just insane when you look at this drive chart how many times they turned the ball over on downs in a row. But a lot of those times, they were within the 30-yard line of Vinton County. And a couple of times, they were inside the five. Uh, They had the second drive of the game where they ended up turning over on downs on the five-yard line of VC. And then later on in the second quarter, they turned it over on the two-yard line of Vinton County. And that's something where even though the score was 21-6, to I think the Vikings were a little bit lucky to get out of here with the victory. More accurately, I'd say they're feeling a little bit happy that they were able to get out of this one with a 21-6 victory because if Athens just converts a couple of those, they had a few drops in the end zone. If they convert those, it could have been a very different game or they had a field goal kicker that could make a 18, a 19, 20-yard field goal, I think that could have allowed the game to be a little bit closer, and then that last drive would have been Athens driving down the field. But Athens was able to break their big scoring drought, but it was a defensive touchdown, so still without an offensive touchdown since the second quarter of Week 3, despite moving the ball so well. It's just it's an enigma. It really is. I mean, you run the ball for more yards than what you did last year, 81 yards on the ground, and then pass the ball 212 yards through the air and then win the field position battle. I mean, it's just hats off to this team for being able to come out here and fight because it's easy when you're 0-4 to you know pack up the season, lose confidence, lose hope. But these guys, they strapped it up. 
they went onto the field and they really played their butts off against Venn County, but still credit to the Vikings for being able to execute. They only crossed the 50 yard line four times, uh, but they were able to score touchdown three out of those four times. And that was a difference. Yeah. I mean, Athens, it seemed like every time they would get to like the 20, 30, 40 yard line, that would just be when the offense would sputter. But what were, what were the positives? Because they were gaining pretty consistent first downs when they had the ball at the at their own uh inside their own half of the field so what was Athens doing offensively that made it uh successful for their offense well Michael it was all about the passing game so Levi Neal he absolutely loves playing against the Venton County Vikings in two years playing against the Vikings uh from between his junior year and senior year he has 201 receiving yards and had a big game today six receptions 91 yards and had a couple of big catches on third and fourth down throughout the day also Marcus Stevers another big game six receptions 75 yards also was pretty dangerous in the kick return game and led the team in tackles as well pretty impressive day for the junior and then the freshman David David Sharp had two receptions for 29 yards. He was able to find some open space in the seam. And, of course, we can't talk about the air raid without talking about quarterback Braden Young, 18 for 39, 212 yards, and really had a good game. Uh, They had a couple of drops, which lowered his completion percentage. But overall, he was throwing catchable balls and put his receivers in situations to be able to make plays. Uh, Just had a couple of key drops in the end zone. And that really hurt them as the Bulldogs. I counted at least two clear drops in the end zone that could have made this score a lot different. Yeah, a lot of pass attempts for Athens. That's like the first thing when I hear 39 pass attempts um, just kind of jumps off the page, especially considering um, it just seemed like a game where the game kind of moved quickly. You know, it ended uh, maybe 25, 30 minutes before the Athens County game of the week did, which was Alexander versus Wellston. Uh, so to hear that many pass attempts is uh is Hi, a, I'm Carson Cressley. Of all the resources in the is, world, kindness is the most- last year's game Uh, One of the biggest weaknesses for Athens, they only ran the ball for, they ran it for negative yards. It was negative one yards um, on the day in last year's game. This year, they were able to find a little more success running for 81 yards. It was Alex Pirro who had 20 carries for 76 yards, and he had to earn every single inch out of those yards because it was a very, very potent defensive attack, especially that defensive line for Vinton County. They had some guys with size up front as well as a linebacking core where just physically they just dominated Athens up front. Uh, The fact that Athens was able to gain 76 yards, his hats off to a lot of the younger offensive linemen that were playing in the game. Also Alex Pirro with the uh, strong lower body to be able to drive those legs forward. And uh, he was able to get break off one big run. He had a 30-yard run. But other than that, it was pretty tough sledding against the Vinton County Vikings. And uh, that full team, they just had guys that were there uh, plugging up holes. Uh, Ashton Allman, um, he's a guy who plays basketball for Vinton County. I got to see him play uh, last season uh, when I was doing the broadcast for basketball. Also very talented on the defensive side of the ball and was able to uh, stuff those run lanes alongside the rest of the defensive line of Vinton County. Yeah, so Athens Athens defense was pretty decent, but I do want to show some love to the Vinton County offense that they were able to get the victory. Um, it, it seemed like another big game on the ground for Mullahan. Just uh, what did you see from him and that Vinton County rushing attack? Who uh, listeners heard them get a victory? I believe it was in Week Three uh, on WXTQ in the Athens County game of the week. 
against Trimble. They're also going to be right here on WXTQ next week in the Athens County game of the week against Alexander. So walk us through how Vinton County was able to have a couple of successful drives that actually ended in the end zone, unlike Athens' successful drives. So Isaac Mollahan, he kind of reminds me of like a Tim Tebow sort of quarterback where he's going to be in there, he's going to put the team on his back and is a physical type runner, but he also has a little bit of speed, a little bit of shiftiness, so he kind of gets that perfect mix of the two skill sets and he was able to get not one but two touchdowns on the ground 31 yard touchdown run in the first quarter and then he was able to get another run in the third quarter was an eight yard touchdown um, on quarterback power type plays and then also the running game uh, was helped out a lot by Garrett Brown 11 carries 121 yards uh, for him today Brown he just looked like he was bigger than any defensive player that Athens had. So he was just churning out yards, trucking through defenders. But the one susceptibility he had was to the fumbles. He had two fumbles in the fourth quarter, which gave Athens a little bit of hope. And that's a shout out more to the Athens defense than anything else. Josh Peterson and Seth Hart were both able to strip the ball away. One of them led to a touchdown by David Sharp for Athens. But overall, Garrett Brown, he was almost unstoppable in third down situations. They would give him the ball on third and long situations third and seven third and eight and they just let him do the rest and when you average 11 yards per carry you know you're doing something good um, also there was a couple of other uh, really solid running backs who were able to get things going Matt Hembry had a touchdown uh, Lane Habron was kind of like the another fullback in the wing T sort of formations and he came in put in a solid effort as well eight carries for 41 yards uh, so it was all over the place with running backs and uh, swing backs being able to get yardage uh, for this Vinton County team. They had 496 yards on the ground last year. This year, they still had a very solid output, 342 on the ground, not too shabby at all for the Vikes. Yeah, and Brown, is Brown a transfer from Wellston? Yes, so okay. both their star players, uh, quarterback and running back, both transferred from Wellston. And Matt and I were talking on the broadcast how I don't know a lot of quarterbacks that can say that they have wins over Athens with two different TVC Ohio teams as a starting quarterback. And Mollahan can now say that on his resume. Yeah, because I remember there was another Mollahan for Wellston who was pretty good. I think he was a uh, like also a running back um, who graduated maybe in like 2020, 2021. Um, he was pretty solid back when I was working for Gridiron Glory. Um, and then Brown's a name I remember from the basketball program playing uh, – with Kai and Irvin. Um, so yeah, just interesting seeing Vinton County um, able to get a couple big time players because those are dudes who played big roles for Wellston. Obviously Wellston gets a new coach, doesn't go so well. And the new coach uh, has already been replaced with the interim uh, early in the season. So it, it just seems like for both of those players, they were able to get to Vinton County and play for a team that's going to compete for a TBC Ohio title, um, potentially make the playoffs looking in a lot better shape uh, than Wellston is to make the playoffs. So really seems like a good move for both of them. Um, yeah, it almost kind of reminds me of like the transfer portal a little bit between a lot of those teams in that area, uh, whether it's VC, Wilson, uh, Jackson, I know also is one of those teams that can sometimes get players that transfer over. And uh, Matt was telling me, he's like, yeah, it looks like Finn County kind of won that deal this year with players uh, transferring over. But it's kind of interesting how it kind of harkens a little similarities to the transfer portal we see on the college level. 
Yeah, and I mean, Jackson's not doing too shabby. Another big victory for the Ironmen tonight. We'll talk about that a little later uh, once Cade gets back here because um, we had we had three split decision games, and um, Cade got one, and I got two. So um, uh, You came out and got the better of that one. <laughs> yeah, got the better of him once again. But, um, yeah, it always is. Me and Cade's picks every week. It's never one of us blowing each other out, but I built up a little bit of a lead there. But Vinton County... Playing with a little bit of momentum, Cedric, this was your first time that you were able to see him. Um, for a team that started off 0-2, it seems like right now they're really like hitting the ground running and just playing with a lot of momentum. Did you see any signs of a team that kind of started the year slow, or is this a team that has kind of moved past those first two games, they're hitting on all cylinders, and they're ready to roll right through the TBC Ohio schedule? So there are some susceptibilities. I think their offense just really had some trouble after the first drive of the game. They went down the field. They drove down nine plays, 76 yards. Great touchdown drive right out of the gate. Took them four minutes, four seconds, and it looked like clockwork. But after that, it's credit to the Athens defense for being able to have an answer and really shutting out Vinton County from there. Uh, but then again, Vinton County, they kind of did the same thing on defense. Even though Athens was moving down the field consistently, Oh, I've been talking about, oh, Athens not being able to finish. Athens not being able to finish. Well, they had an opposition that made sure they weren't able to finish. And that defense for Vinton County, when it came to situational football, they really did a great job of being able to come up big in big-time situations on the fourth downs or on the third down plays where you need to get a stop. Even some situation where it was fourth and goal from the one-yard line, and they're able to come up with a stop on that play, getting a pass breakup in the end zone. I mean, that defense, I think, can really help them out uh, throughout the rest of the TVC Ohio play. I know there's going to be other tricky games, and I think there will be times where their pass defense, which I think might be one of their biggest weaknesses, might be tested pretty tough by Alexander coming up this upcoming week. And then Nelsonville, York, of course, that's just going to be a battle on the ground between two very physical teams, I expect. So I'm excited to see how Benton County matches up against Alexander. I don't think they're set to just absolutely roll through everybody, but I still think they have a high chance to be able to be in those top two spots in the TVC, maybe even taking it if they are able to get that win over Nelsonville, York, and Alexander. Once again, you're listening to Football Friday Night here on WXTQ. Athens County Game of the Week, Alexander Spartans 28-13 to over the Wellston Golden Rockets. But right now we are breaking down the game you heard over on WATH with the voice of the Bulldogs, Cedric Granger, as Vinton County improves to 2-0 in TVC Ohio play with a 21-6 victory over the Athens Bulldogs. Athens still winless on the season. Cedric, what is it going to take for Athens to get a victory uh, against the Logan squad, who I, I think also might be searching for their first victory? Uh, the one and four. Gotcha. Or one and four. So with Athens, it's like, I feel like they're just due for an offensive explosion. I mean, you really can't get closer than this. I've seen their growth every single week and it seems like every single time they're getting closer and closer and closer and closer and today this is really you you can't really just draw that up i mean turning it over on downs seven times or they had one interception as well but seven chances inside the opponent's 30 yard line and you're not able to score on any of them five chances in the red zone and go 0 for five i mean you can't make that up they just feel like 
with time, those numbers are going to have to turn at some point. I don't know if the offensive explosion is going to happen against Logan, but I feel like it'll happen at some point in the season. It may be against Wilson. It may be against Megs, but I have a feeling this team's going to put it together and have a 40-point burst somewhere where they just all figure it out. But for now, they're really cycling in a lot of younger players on the offensive line, and I think they really played well. There was a lot of guys... Um, that were able to have some good pass protection plays, of course. Uh, of course, Frank Campbell got into the game. Uh, Dawson Kennedy, of course. Um, Wiley Anderson is one of the older guys on that offensive line. But rather than that, you have a lot of sophomores and juniors when you look over at keeping a couple freshmen on the offensive line. And they were able to get some, um, do some good things in pass protection. It's just they're going to have to get it together when it comes to being able to block for the run but if it comes down to Athens being able to pick up that first victory of the season the defense is doing everything they can I think holding a Venn County team like this that put up over 34 points in their last two games and holding them to 21 I mean that's a winnable effort right there I think that's something that Athens can build upon and I think a win is definitely in their future I have no doubt about it it's just gonna have to come down to putting it together the defense is there offense you're right there you really are just got to finish those drives, man. Had a couple of opportunities. Got to catch the ball in the end zone. Got to get that extra 36 inches you need to cross the goal line. Whatever it takes. I just feel like if this team can just figure out their way in first and goal situations, second and goal situations, I think they'll be able to find themselves with the victory. But for now, you can't finish those drives. You're not going to beat a lot of teams if you're only averaging about one touchdown a game, which they've only had one game where they've been in double digits so far on the season. And you're not going to beat a lot of teams that way unless you're maybe the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, big little, little dig to uh, the Ferenc family's offense um, <laughs> over for Iowa. Uh, Ohio Bobcats playing the other Power 5 school in the state of Iowa, the Iowa State Cyclones. Um tomorrow but sticking to the high school level Athens 0-5 halfway through the regular season they wrap up their season at home against Logan at Meg's at home against Wellston River Valley and at Nelsonville York Cedric you talked about a couple young guys you saw on the offensive line um is there maybe any like sophomore position player or like linebacker cornerback um, who you think might take a step in these final five games and really build some momentum towards like their junior or senior year? So one player, he may be the shortest player on the field, uh, five foot three. But whenever you see him have the ball, he's able to just make something happen. And even as a defensive back, he showcased the ability to be able to just Hey, despite having small stature, just showcase all the heart in the world. And that man is Leo Martin. He is a sophomore, three and a half tackles on the season, one interception, at least going into the night's game. And he has solid potential on defense. If he can be able to hit a growth spurt, I think that would help out a lot as well. Uh, but he being in position, showcasing that heart. He had one play where it was third down and seven. He caught a hitch route. He was about four yards short of the line to gain, and he pinballed his way to getting the first down. And that's just the type of heart that the sophomore class, especially out of any of the classes, also freshman class, and of course you can't do anything without your leaders right now as your juniors and seniors. But for a team that's really led by a big sophomore class there's a lot of heart all over that group from leo martin to the guy's last name is Hart, seth hart uh who's making great plays josh peterson 
ended up being able to force a fumble today when they needed him most. Um, those are some of the guys that I really expect to continue to keep getting better throughout the year. Leo Martin, uh, definitely my pick for that. And that's a guy to definitely be watching out for. And then, of course, linebacker Brady Warden has done a lot of great things this season, had the interception against Marietta. And there are some younger guys where I'm just thinking one, two years down the line, I think this team might have a shot to be able to win the TVC Ohio uh, down the line. But for now, it's going to be pretty tricky as this team continues to go through their growing pains. Voice of the Bulldog, Cedric Granger, providing all the analysis you need to know about Athens. Uh, Cedric, we're going to let you go. But before we do any game all across the state that you're, you want to know, like final score or any analysis on, doesn't have to be Southeast Ohio, but it could. Yeah, so uh, Waterford Eastern's big matchup here today. I always follow the Eastern Eagles when they're the last undefeated team. I'm very curious, but I know they were down 14 to 7 at half, according to score stream. Uh, so I wonder if they were able to uh, figure out a way to come back in that game and pull off the victory, or if not, that they may have their first loss of the year. Who knows? Yeah, it is Waterford who takes this one 29-13. Uh, that was the second of the three picks that myself and Cade disagreed on. I had the Waterford Wildcats. He had Eastern, and Waterford gets the victory at home in a huge battle for TBC Hawking supremacy once again taking you around the tvc ohio in the athens county game of the week on wxtq alexander 28 wellston 13 over on wath cedric ranger broadcasted Vin county's 21 to 6 victory over the athens bulldogs megs gets a victory at 37 to 20 over river valley that was a game that myself and Cade disagreed on Cade gets that one right i get that one wrong and then finally, in the one TBC Ohio non-conference game of the week, Nelsonville York, 32-13 to over Oak Hill. If you want to call in 740-592-1055, we're going to be taking you all across Southeast Ohio. Let your voice be heard. We'll put you on the air right when we come back from this commercial break. You're listening to Football Friday Night on Power 105. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 593-7393. That's 593-7393. Wendy's new French toast sticks are so delicious, some are saying that they're better than their mom's breakfast. Excuse me, did you just say Wendy's new French toast sticks are better than my breakfast? Mom, is that you? Answer the question. I said some people are saying that because they're so crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and perfect in every way. Uh Uh-huh. And what do you think? I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new sweet and crispy homestyle French toast sticks. That's still not an answer. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. When one door closes, Atomic Credit Union is open. Conveniently located on State Street in Athens, we're ready to help with all your financial needs. We offer mortgage and auto loans, credit cards, instant debit cards, online and mobile banking, and so much more. Visit us at 920 East State Street or online at AtomicCU.com and discover the credit union difference. All loans subject to approval. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity lender. 
Are you dreaming of something greater? A college degree, job skills, a rewarding career. The Ohio Army National Guard can help you get the education you need to land the career you've always wanted. The Ohio National Guard Scholarship Program could pay 100% of your college tuition. You're eligible for the scholarship as soon as you enlist. Learn more about the many benefits that come with serving in the Ohio Army National Guard. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard, aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Football Friday night here on WXTQ. If you want to call in, let your voice be heard. The number is 740-592-1055. Once again, that's 740-592-1055. We just talked with the voice of the Athens Bulldogs, Cedric Granger, and he let everybody know about the Athens Bulldogs game where Athens, they put a good effort against Vinton County, a team that was favored uh, to compete for a TBC Ohio title, definitely one of the top two teams, um, but Athens not quite able to get done despite a good effort. Looked like we have a caller on the line right here, so we will see who it is. Hi, you're on the air on Football Friday Night. Hey, Rob. It's uh, Carl Boyle at K. Williamson. We're on the way back from Wilson, driving on 32. Uh, I got to say, I was very surprised at how close tonight's game was. Yeah, so competitive game between Wellston and Alexander. Alexander able to get the 28-13 to 13 victory. Uh, what did you see on the Wellston side that impressed you so much? Their ability to make big plays. Um, really, the one person that really impressed me was Brenton Breach, uh, is their wide receiver. Uh, he threw a touchdown pass. Was just everywhere around the field, scored pretty much all of their points. He was he was a great player. Uh, I think part of the reason why Wilson struggled towards the end of the game is the fact that he was really hobbled up. I mean, it was a really physical football game. I think there was a lot of people hobbled up, but there were he was the person who really uh, stepped out to me. Wilson that really did it. They really struggled on offense. The defense was all right. Um, but I think that he really was. Yeah, so interesting that we, whoop, you cut out a little bit there, Carl. Um, interesting that we just talked to Cedric Ranger about the Vinton County 21-6 to victory over the Athens Bulldogs that was aired on WATH. Uh, Vinton County using two Wellston transfers, uh, quarterback and running back, Wellston, obviously, uh, with an interim coach now uh, early in the season. But it seems like their defense really put in some solid effort. Uh, uh, we, uh, we got a little bit of technical difficulties. Uh, Carl, you guys still here? And it looks like we lost Carl and Cade. Uh, we'll hear them once they get back to the studio. Uh, drive right on 32 East to get from uh, Wellston to back to Athens, Ohio, where the studio is. So we'll hear all their analysis about that game when they get back into the studio. 
but we'll go a little bit across the TVC. Once again, if you guys haven't heard, uh, on Power 105, we were just talking about Alexander 28, Wellston 13. Spartans improved to 2-0 in TVC Ohio play. Uh, over on WATH, Vinton County 21, Athens 6. Uh, Vinton County and Alexander both 2-0 in TVC Ohio play. Nelsonville York 1-0 in TVC Ohio play. They went out of conference for a 32-13 victory against Oak Hill. And finally, Megs 37, River Valley 20. So Megs gets their first victory in TVC Ohio play. Uh, in the biggest game in the TVC Hawking tonight, Waterford defends home field and takes down Eastern 29-13. Trimble. They put together a good effort against a team in a bigger division, but it wasn't enough as Woodward gets the 28-20 victory over the Tomcats. Looks like Trimble might have to run the table if they want to make it in the playoffs this season. An 0-5 start for the Tomcats. In a couple of TBC Hawking non-conference games, Caldwell 68, Belpre 0. Belpre through four games has not scored a point. Um, so Caldwell gets another victory there. Caldwell in our one of year. the top scoring teams in all across Division 7. So watch out for Caldwell in... Uh, the small the small division playoffs says they've been putting up a lot of points in their games so far this season. The East District's got a couple sneaky teams. We'll talk about a couple of those games later on. Um, but a couple other TVC Hawking final scores. South Gallia 40, Scioto'sville East 34. This was actually a rematch. These teams played each other um, earlier in the season and South Gallia won on the road. They also win at home a little bit closer. The game that they had at home 40 to 34 and then Southern the tornadoes 42 to nothing victory over Manchester. So a good victory for Southern. Uh, so that's all the games in the TBC Hawking and Ohio. Once again, if you want to talk about any of these games or a different game across Southeast Ohio, Phone lines are open 740-592-1055. We're taking you all across Southeast Ohio on football Friday nights right here. As in the Athens County game of the week, Alexander 28, Wellston 13, uh, and then over on WATH, Minton County 21 to 6 over Athens. Uh, a couple other scores that people are going to be interested, a couple of games that we predicted on the Thursday football preview show, Fort Fry all over Warren. I believe that says 61 to 28. Um, so once again, Fort Fry jumps on the team early. I, I know the halftime score was a lot less flattering to the Warren Warriors, but it seems like uh, Fort Fry has really taken their foot off the gas pedal in the second half of these games. He has 61 to 28 final. Um, as the cadets are looking to win a state title in Division 6. Um, Division 6 is a gauntlet this year because Kirtland is now in Division 6. They were Division 5 state runner-ups. Another team in Division 6 this year is Marion Local. Marion Local won the Division 7 state title last year. They are 5-0. And also Versailles. They did take a loss to Division 7 foe New Bremen, 
but they are sitting at four and one, and they are the defending Division Five state champions. So a lot of competitive teams in Division Six this year. Fort Fry looking to get over that hump. They've gotten to the regional championship game. They've gotten to the state semifinals. They haven't made it all the way to Canton. This year's team looking to become the school that breaks that streak for the Fort Fry Cadets. And uh, you don't want to go looking too far ahead, but Kirtland sitting at 5-0. and I'm not sure if they have their best team in the past couple years. Uh, a 21-0 win over a solid Lutheran West squad uh, and 43-13 over Geneva in their two closest games so far this season. Geneva Division Three school. Uh, who's sitting at three and two, but I, I'm just not sure. I, I think that the the Kirtland team that faced Ironton twice in the Division Five state title games might have been a little bit stronger, especially the Kirtland team that you saw in the COVID year 2020. Uh, that team defeated a Division One foe in Solon that year. So that Kirtland team was absolutely loaded and they obviously won the state title beating a southeast ohio team it'll be interesting to see if kirtland matches up with another southeast ohio team this year uh, once again it appears that fort fry would be the most likely team to do it because division six region 23 has been a region that we've kept a close eye on all throughout this year this is the region that nelsonville york is in uh, this is also the region that Trimble is in and a couple other uh, just schools all across Southeast Ohio. You got Carl's favorite team, Cold Grove. You got Shenandoah. Uh, you got Burn Union, um, Bel Air. And the defending Division Six Region 23 champion is West Jefferson. A lot to unpack here on Football Friday Night. Interesting scores all across the region uh speaking of teams in division six region 23 we just mentioned the burn union rockets they get a victory over uh eastern pike uh we mentioned that meg's eastern takes their first loss of the season 29 or yeah 29 to 13 against the waterford wildcats eastern pike also a loser 21 to 14 against burn union burn union took that opening season loss to colgrove some people were questioning how good Burn Union was. Really, what we should have been saying is, how good is Colgrove? Colgrove, a 43-6 victory over Chesapeake. So another impressive victory for Colgrove. As Gallia, uh, a team many thought would be pretty strong in the OVC. They almost lost to Portsmouth. They get the victory 36-34. to Ironton all over South Point, 55-12. Uh, and then Fairland with a solid victory over Rock Hill as well. The final score of that Fairland versus Rock Hill game was 34 to 27. So close games for both Fairland and Gallia Academy. Maybe Colgrove will sneak some victories over those teams. This is a team that has looked absolutely dominant so far this season. The OVC really strong from top to bottom this year obviously ironton is going to be the team to beat they're looking like state title contenders in division five they put up 55 points tonight and a 55 to 12 victory over south point 
Fairland, another tough team. They've really improved their program with Melvin Cunningham, 34-27 to victory over Rock Hill. And then Galley Academy, this is a team who you heard play Athens in Week 2. Galley stays unbeaten, but it was closer than many expected, 36-34 to victory at Portsmouth. And then you just look at Colgrove. They're sitting there also undefeated. So just an interesting conference is the OVC. Moving across some other games, uh, we mentioned in the East District, Union Local wins the Battle of Unbeatens against Shenandoah 49-20. to that, That's a big victory for Union Local. A lot of playoff points were at stake there. Um, Union Local is a team that has just looked really impressive so far this season. And they get another victory. They stay unbeaten. Union Local has a running back who I'm going to find his name right now as uh, I'm talking. Union Local wins 49-20 to over Shenandoah. And Union Local running back Jackson Price uh, broke the record for most touchdowns in a career for most rushing touchdowns in a career for Union Local with 33 tonight as they remain unbeaten in a battle of unbeatens, uh, 4-0 versus 4-0. Another uh, big game uh, in the East District was happening in Cambridge, and it's Bel Air getting the 25-14 victory. That's a big win for Bel Air. Bel Air is a team that needed the playoff points. They play a very tough schedule, but the reason why you play that tough schedule, you're ready for the playoffs. They already played the favorite in Division Six Region 23, the Fort Fry Cadets. It didn't go so well, even though they were at home, but Bel Air just keeps fighting. They take a close loss to a Wheeling Central Catholic squad who's going to be competing for a state championship in West Virginia, and now they get a big victory over Cambridge, 25-14. to Finally, last big game in the East District, Barnesville 35, River 21. Barnesville moved up to Division 5, Region 19. They were a team that seemed to always be around late in playoff time in Division 6, Region 23. They're out of there. They're up to Division 5. River, they might be the biggest challenger to Newark Catholic in Division 7, Region 27. You also got teams like Eastern Megs. You also got Waterford and a couple other teams in Division 7, uh, Region 27, they're going to try and prevent Newer Catholic from making it back as regional champions, but it looks like the Green Wave are the prohibitive favorite right now as River falls to Barnesville 35-21 to in another East District battle of unbeaten. So some good games across Eastern Ohio. If you want to call in, phone lines are open, 740-592-1055. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to keep going across Southeast Ohio and eventually welcome back Carl Blaylock and Cade Williamson to discuss the Athens County Game of the Week in studio. You're listening to Football Friday Night on Power 105. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. 
Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Since 1963, Donato's was built on three fundamentals, creating a superior product, hiring great people, and adhering to strong principles that promote goodwill in the community. Stop by East State Street and try out their appetizing pizzas, subs, salads, desserts, and beverages with party sizes available. Donato's only uses the freshest of ingredients with no artificial colors in their food. Eat fresh. Every piece is important. Only at Donato's on East State Street in Athens. It is that time of year again. Hunting season is just around the corner. Stop by the Rocky Outdoor Gear Store to see our archery department. We have Matthews, Hoyt, PSE, and 10-point bows. Whether you are looking for an upgrade or just need your bow fixed, our bow tech will get you ready for the fall. We also have a wide selection of firearms, ammo, boots, and camo. Our hours are 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. Located at 45 East Canal Street in Nelsonville. See you soon. Hi, this is Kevin Peterson, the host of Sunrise here every weekend. And if you haven't heard the show yet, check it out this weekend and hear what you've been missing. Sunday mornings at 8 on Power 105. Football Friday nights here on Power 105. I was mentioning a Division 7 Region 27. Hadn't seen this final yet. Newark Catholic, a shocking loss to Licking Heights 27-17. to Green Wave, a team that has been absolutely dominant this season, especially defensively. This was a Newark Catholic squad who last year gave up a lot of points to Fort Lormie. This year, hold them to just nine points in their only other game of the season against Nelsonville, York, 45 to nothing victory. And the Buckeyes in every other game have been dominant. You know, they're winning 16, nothing over Trimble, 48 to seven over Liberty Union, 41 to six over River Valley. And then tonight, 32 to 13 over Oak Hill. But Newark Catholic, in only their third game of the season, first game of the year gets canceled against Bishop Reedy due to weather. And then supposed to be their second game of the year in week three against Columbus Academy. That unfortunately got canceled due to the passing away of a student at Columbus Academy. But Newark Catholic falling 27 to 17 against Licking Heights tonight. Really shocking score over in Licking County. I'm sure Cade Williamson uh, will have a lot to say once he gets back. Uh, if you have anything to say about any game across Southeast Ohio, phone lines are open 740-592-1055. We want to hear from you. How did your game go? And we got somebody on the line right now. You are live on Football Friday Night. Hey, guys, this is uh, L.R. Ferris with Jimmy Hobart and Don Hobart from Nelsonville TV Cable. We did the Miller-Miller sport game tonight, and we just want to report the score. The Miller Falcons upended the Miller sport Lakers. What was the final score, Jim? 53-12. to 53-12. Stop right here. So, uh, Falcons get their first victory tonight and uh, moving along. And uh, just they're building something up here at Miller, and we just wanted to go and give you guys a heads up what went up on here tonight. 
Yeah, Miller, former CBC Hawking squad, so we obviously saw them more uh, in Athens County, but don't want to forget about them. We, we kind of joke that it was uh, the Battle of Miller between Miller and Millersport. They put up a lot of points tonight in a victory over Millersport. Uh, any players you want to shout out who really played well for Miller in this victory? Well, Dowdy, our quarterback, is just as good as anybody. He's sophomore, does a real nice job. And we had, uh, what's two kids running backs got 100 yards tonight? Bice and Kaido. Uh, both had over 100 yards rushing and uh, just really went after the ball defensively. I mean, just, you know, going after the ball. Two or three guys had their hat on the player every time. And um, just a real nice win for the Falcons tonight. And um, I'd like to stay on here and talk to you all night, guys. We're going to run out of service here. I just want to get this one in and, let you know we appreciate you guys and what you do, and we enjoy listening to you when we're on our way home every night on Friday. So, uh, once again, the Falcons get the victory, and we're just proud as punch to be part of the Falcons family. Yeah, thank you once again for calling in. Show is only possible thanks to listeners like you. Good for good for Miller to get in the win column. They'll have a couple other winnable games as they try and build momentum throughout the rest of the season. Uh, so, thank you for calling in. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, we'll look forward to getting with you next week. When we got a little more time, we're like I say, we're running out of we're out in the middle. Football Friday night here at the studios of WXTQ. Uh, Cade Williamson called in to the show when he was on his way back from Wellston, but now you are here in person. So break down the Athens County Game of the Week where Alexander improves a 2-0 in CBC Ohio play and wins 28-13 over the Wellston Golden Rockets. Jordan Schultz, best quarterback in CBC, period. I'm saying Hawking, I'm saying Ohio. Jordan Schultz, Alexander's quarterback, man, this kid can throw the football. Like, I was very impressed by this kid throwing the football tonight. He was one of the better guys that I've seen. You think best in Ohio? What? You think best in the Ohio? No, in the Ohio? Yeah, I think in the wow. Ohio or Hawking. I think he's wow. – him and Mulhan are is going to be a great battle next week. I'm very excited to see that game. You're leaving out the guy who I might have at one. Who's the guy – hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second. Who's the guy I'm missing? Who do you think? Who do you think's one, Roth? You know, give me your take. Give me your take. Who do you think's one in the Ohio – TBC Ohio? The best the best team in the CBC are you, the Nelsonville York Buckeyes. You think Mackay? I do. Really? I do. Yeah, yeah. Just based on based on the stats, based on his team's uh, fair enough, his team's success. You know, I, I I just feel like, obviously, outside of the Newark Catholic game, which you know we thought didn't really count, forty nine nothing loss, but Newark Catholic takes a surprise loss. Hey, we'll get to tonight. that. We'll yeah. get to that. Um, I'm the happiest person in the world. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, I just don't feel like Makai is like needed to make the plays so far. Yeah. And, and I think, I think you'll see that against. Vinton County and against Alexander. Like, if, if Makai needs to make plays, I think he's going to make the plays. Obviously, helps having probably the best player in the TBC, Leighton Hoagie. Um, uh, he just seems like a different beast yeah. for him to throw to. But I do think it's close between all three of those guys. I, I think whatever answer you give isn't a wrong answer. Just my answer would differ yeah. from yours. So, gotcha. so let's hear more about... Alexander is kind of new star quarterback. Yeah, uh, Jordan Schultz, junior quarterback, was an uh, honorable mention All-State last year in Division Five for Alexander. As a sophomore, by the way, as a sophomore he was. Where's number one? Kid's got great tangibles. 6'2", 188, uh, 
almost the tallest kid on the team. You can spot him anywhere on the field. He's got the visor on the helmet. He's you know he's got the he's got the arm sleeve. He's got everything. He's a baller. Uh, the way watching him play, very exciting football player. The only reason why I think or why I say that he is the best in the TVC Ohio is because some of the passes that he make. I mean, he was putting some of the receivers for Alexander just throwing dots to him, uh, getting it out on a rope, throwing it, going through his progressions well. A very solid quarterback in Jordan Schultz, where I had this conversation with Carl as we were walking out of the stadium tonight uh, at a C.H. Jones uh, field there in Wellston. Uh, I sat there and I said, look, Carl, if you put Jordan Schultz on this on on Nelsonville York I think they're better I think they're a better team uh because he's relied on to make a lot of those plays for Alexander he is their offense uh, I will say that a hundred percent he is their offense he finished with 200 passing yards tonight 34 attempts with 16 for 34 two touchdowns also had a pick six to really uh seal the game um late and looking at the other side uh for Wellston John um uh, 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 why is the name escaping me right now? I, I'm I'm uh, not sure why, but uh, Wilson's quarterback had a tough game. Uh, four interceptions, uh, 117 yards through the air, uh, was 14 for 31 throwing. Uh, wasn't the best night for Wilson overall. Britton Breach had a really good game, for a uh, 47-yard trick play end around uh, quarterback toss. It was a good game, but. The reason why I made that statement of Jordan Schultz uh, as the best quarterback in the TVC Ohio is because he was just electric out there. He was throwing the ball, zipping passes left and right. He was getting his receivers, making passes that I don't I don't think personally anybody else would do. Now, you make a good point when you say Makai Williams uh, is, is a benefactor of being around a lot uh, better talent overall. But this Alexander team isn't bad whatsoever. I think they're, they're a, a respectable ball club moving forward. I think that... After seeing them tonight, uh, they could easily be uh, a team that finishes finishes third in the TVC Ohio, possibly second. I don't know. Vinton County that game, twenty-one to six victory over Athens. Not a, you know, not impressive. Not an impressive win was I believe seven nothing at the half. The ball game we had tonight, Wilson. Wilson's a better ball team than I think their record shows. Because um, if you go and you look at their record and look at the teams they played, they've had to play some tough teams. Maybe I think Oak Hill is a team that's. Not as bad as as they have been over the past couple of years. They gave NY a decent game tonight. I believe that one, the the final one, that one, 32-13 in favor of Nelson New York. Tried to travel down to play on the play on the road against the Oaks, but uh, when you look at it, that's a tough game. That's a tough game for NY. Uh, Oak Hill shut out Wellston week one. I think Wellston's starting to figure some things out uh, on offense. They, they have some talent. I will admit it. Wellston's not a bad program whatsoever. They're, they're figuring things out. Uh, Coach Dan Polson's got those guys uh, really disciplined in certain situations. I think they're getting better as the season goes on. I would not be surprised if they get a TVC win here or there, but when you turn it over and you look at Alexander, what bear, what really impressed me in, in today's ballgame was just their offensive efficiency. They were moving the ball a lot better than Wellston was. Wellston there for a while I believe at the half had 14 yard, 15 yards from scrimmage, 15 yards. Yet it still was a seven to seven ball game. Now that was because of a little bit of a couple questionable calls uh, on the respect of uh, of Alexander and, and and time management as as the half started to started to wane down. Wilson had a couple uh, questionable calls as well. Uh, uh, clock management just left and right really confused uh, me personally up in the booth with Carl. But I think I, I think Jordan Schultz has the talent. I watched him throw in pregame, and I was like, this kid looks good. 
and he was throwing left and right. He was throwing dots. He threw to his receivers at a 47-yard big play touchdown early on in the ball game. His main receiver was out for the second half too. Um, his name, his name is uh, uh, Jenkins. Logan Jenkins was out the whole second half of the game. Had five receptions in the first half for 76 yards. Well, had a great first half, and he was out the second half of the game. Uh, and and there was no problems there for Jordan Schultz. Came back into the ball game, uses tailbacks a little bit more. Very efficient game, uh, and I think he can do it with the legs too. I'm excited for that ball game next week in MacArthur. So, a big victory for Alexander. They improved to two and zero. Um, but you mentioned Wellston's offense. It, it was a little interesting hearing uh, Cedric Ranger on the call for the Vinton County versus Athens game because Vinton County's quarterback and running back both former Wellston Golden Rockets. So how has Wellston tried to replace the loss of Mullahan and Garrett Brown offensively this year? Uh, because they probably assumed that they were getting their quarterback and running back back until obviously they found out about the transfers. Yeah, yeah, I'll turn this one over to Carl. Carr is very e eager to hop on the mic for this one. Brenton Breach. He was incredible the entire night. I think he scored about every single... He, he scored every single point for Wellston tonight. Did he kick? Yes. Yes, yes okay. he did kick. He I did to make score. sure. Yeah, it is official. He did score every single point for Wellston this evening. He took a kickoff return for a touchdown right after Alexander's first touchdown. After the second touchdown, he threw a touchdown pass. He's, yeah, they ran a reverse pass, one of those halfback pass type things, and it worked out beautifully, and it scored him a touchdown. One of the more interesting things about Wait, this so did game. did he throw the touchdown? Yes. Okay, so he technically he touchdown. did not score every point for the team. Because okay, the technicality, catches, Roth. Okay. The one who catches the touchdown is the one who gets the points. Either way. He was involved in every single there scoring There we go. Play. Now that is a factual that's statement, Carl. It's still, I that's think it's goal, still baby. a factual that's statement either way. Goal. But the, the momentum in this game was very interesting because you would have Alexander scored a touchdown, Ensuing kickoff, down the field goes Wellston, runs it back for a touchdown. Same thing you know happened what's funny? in the third quarter. My freshman year of college at a Gridiron Glory game, I think I went to a Wellston-Alexander game. I think Alexander returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown, then Wellston won like 49-7. to I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So kind of interesting that uh, this time it was Wellston returning a kickoff to make it 7-7, but Alexander walks away with the victory um, in this one. I mean, it was, you had that happen, and then after Alexander's second touchdown in the third quarter uh, to go up 14-7, they tried onside kicking, and there was a lot of, a lot of very interesting play calls during the game, and, and that was one of them that really made me scratch my head albeit I guess you didn't want him to return it back for a touchdown again. That I understand, but I, I don't think I quite agree with not, you know, squibbing it and not, you know, onside kicking it. That's when you had the halfback pass for a touchdown and it was breached to uh canter in the end zone for a 47 yard touchdown. They missed the extra point. But there were just so many momentum swings in this game. Nobody wants uh, to get I ripped off. I think the off. key was a three turnovers, three turnovers for Wellston's quarterback, and just 
not great. Four. Four. Yeah, it was actually four interceptions. Johnny Scott, uh, his name, that's the one name that uh, escaped my name or escaped my brain. I don't know how. He's got a great name. Uh, Johnny Scott, the uh, quarterback for Wollston. Four interceptions on the night. The final one was the pick six to lock it up for Alexander. But I, I think um, they just had a, a decent play calling, uh, I, w- I will say. That and early on in the game, the up front for Wollston looked very solid. Later as the game continued, it looked like uh, Alexander was playing a lot better, uh, I will say, up front. They got a lot of sacks on Johnny Scott. I believe he had uh, finished with native 55 rushing yards, if I'm not mistaken, compared to 117 through the air. So not the best numbers you want to see from uh, your quarterback r- running the ball, running the ball, so incorporating sacks or tackles for loss. But still, uh, I, 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 will, I will give Wilson their credit up front. They played, they played quite well. Yeah, so... Big victory for Alexander to improve to 2-0. You know, Cade, something that we've been mentioning a lot on the show all year is home field advantage. Um, you know, Gridiron Glory, they covered, I think it was 11 games, only two home teams won. Uh, one of them was that big TVC hawking battle between Waterford and Eastern. But uh, just how did, uh, how did like, the crowd and atmosphere play a part in your game tonight? Because, obviously, uh, Alexander gets the job done on the road. Well, Carl and I sat there in the stands, in the home stands for uh, Wilson. That's where they put us tonight. So we were well around the crowd. It's a smaller venue there at a C.H. Jones Field in, in downtown Wellston there. But uh, when, you, when you look at it, the, the, the crowd was very involved. Uh, the Alexander side didn't travel the best. Uh, the, it was definitely a bigger Wellston side. Student section was, um, uh, you know, had a, had a good amount of people. The band, great atmosphere, I will say. It was and overall, there were there the stands were packed, uh, and it was the the momentum. The momentum of this ball game was really back and forth. Uh, first half, you know, you had that big touchdown pass from Alexander, took the lead. Next play, kickoff, boom, Wilson touchdown. Momentum right back. Alexander marching down the field, kicks a field goal, trying to go in at half up three, boom, blocked field goal, changes the momentum going into the half. Coming out of the half, Alexander moves the ball, continues to move the ball. Back and forth, these teams go. Alexander eventually goes up 14-7. Wellston answers right back. Boom, 14-13 after a trick play. And an onside attempt uh, by Alexander that Wellston recovered, put him in good field position. You're sitting there. I mean, come on now. It's just a back-and-forth momentum uh, game as it went. Eventually, that pick six, uh, well, another interception late in the ball game from Johnny Scott really put Wilson behind the eight ball 40 yard touchdown run from Isaac Waller by Alexander put him up 21 13 uh then pick six ices the game that really just silenced that Wilson crowd but I will say it is it is an overall good factor there and I think Wilson will win a game in front of that crowd this year I think there's a couple upsets that are going to happen well upsets I'm putting that in quotations uh that will happen throughout the TVC Ohio this year yeah, Wellston still has games to play at River Valley, at home against Nelsonville, York, at Athens, at Megs, and at home against Benton County because they were the one team that played their first four games out of conference, and they end the season with six conference games within the TBC Ohio. TBC Ohio final scores tonight over on WXTQ right here. On Power 105, you listened to Alexander's 28-13 victory over Wellston. Spartans are 2-0 in CBC Ohio play. Over on our sister station, WATH, 
Benton County 21, Athens 6, Bulldogs remain winless. Vikings improved to 3-2 and two after a surprising 0-2 start. BC is also 2-0 in TBC Ohio play. Megs beat River Valley 37-20. Cade had the right call on that one against myself. As Megs gets their first TVC Ohio victory of the season. And Nelsonville York, they're sitting at 1-0 conference favorites. They had their non-conference game tonight. And they got a victory over Oak Hill 32-13. Cade, we uh, we kind of teased it a little bit. We're going to go back to your home county, Licking County. And there were a couple surprising scores, you know, uh, I, I think you said Heath lost 21 to 10 against Zanesville. 22-11 final. Gotcha. Uh, uh, Zanesville gets the victory over Heath. Back-to-back years that they win. Not as big as the last year's 48 to 7 victory that Zanesville had. I think that Zanesville that score team really yeah. opened my eyes because that that Heath team was better than yeah. it was this year. That was a I good was say, Heath team. That Heath team last year is probably they beat Newark Catholic. Yeah, that's the best team that I believe Heath has had, at least in my uh, rough memories. They've been building a good program there. Uh, Coach Ward's got things going on at Heath. I don't. Uh, they've had some troubles uh with some of their fans recently though but um Heath has a recent they've been on the up this year a down year they've got still got Braylon Bayless um a guy who is probably one of the better quarterbacks if not the best quarterback in the LCL altogether um I think you have to throw him up there I think you got to throw Ernsberger's name up there um from Granville but um yeah Heath Heath's team last year was was a lot better than i believe their team was this year but still a competitive game against a zanesville team that isn't too bad it isn't too bad whatsoever and then in the biggest shock across the oh, county it's a shock i'm not shocked so you are not shocked oh i'm not surprised one bit by this game not one bit not one bit by this game if carl I- is wearing a cap and there is so much more cap <laughs> hey. coming from the left side of the room hey. than the right side of the room hey, right now. now. Hey, hey, let's hold on. Carl's got something to say. I will give him credit. He's been sitting there saying, uh, he's been sitting there saying for like the last week and a half, this is going to be a good game. This is going to be a better game than everyone expects it to be. This should be a game. Uh, he was he was texting the Licking County reporter uh, for Gridiron going like, you need to go to this game. You need to go to this game. So he's right on that at least. You want to know why? You want to know why, Roth? Why I thought this game was going to be so big? What's the thing we've been talking about? Home field advantage. Newark Catholic had to go travel to Licking Heights. A very interesting environment to go play in. Uh, Licking Heights there at their high school. Uh, I believe they still still play um, where they played when I was in high school. But Newark Catholic, that's their that's the first really team that they've played from the area this year. Licking Heights hasn't looked bad. Licking Heights uh, gave Tri-Valley a good game. Uh, Licking, uh, Licking Heights has not looked bad whatsoever this year. And look what happened. Home field advantage, Roth. Yeah, really shocking. Uh, shocking to some. I, I guess not shocking to the man five points behind me in the pick and pool. Um, hey, hey. Sometimes you have those underdogs. Sometimes you have those underdogs. I will say. Yeah, you know, Blind Squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. <laughs> yep, you're, and you're right. Cade has found a nut. So um, we mentioned uh, a couple Licking County scores. Uh, do we want to do our weekly segment where we talk about our yeah. alma maters? Yeah, let's, 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 uh, let's, let's, let's get this break over. the Band-Aid off. Yep. So? Well, it's not really uh, ripping the Band-Aid off. It's just more so talking about 
you know, Lakewood's weekly L. I know in one of our group chats we were talking about earlier, Roth, we were talking about how bad our alma maters are, but mine hasn't won a game since I was in high school and I was broadcasting for them uh, my senior year. I believe their last win was either Utica or Crooksville in 2020. was their last win for my alma mater. Didn't get any better tonight. Had to travel to Licking Valley to take on the Panthers, a solid Panther squad. 41 to nothing loss, unfortunately, for my Lakewood Lancers. Carl. Well, normally I'm the one who gets victories on this. Not tonight. Wow. Uh, the Edgerton so- Bulldogs fall conference game to Ayersville. Ayersville wins 42-22. Bulldogs, I-, I guess a little bit. So last week I texted in and said we played Fairview. My sister texted me that score from uh, Sherwood Fairview. We actually played Wayne Trace, Haviland Wayne Trace, which is a much bigger win. That I, is. I, I guess a little bit of a, of, a, of a hangover, I guess. It is home. No, no, homecoming. We had homecoming September 3rd thinking about it. So, yeah, a bit disappointing for the Bulldogs, but you don't win all of them. Ayersville, solid team this year. You don't win all of them. Hey, hey, at least we're not like Lakewood, who don't win any of them. Yeah. So... Oh, yeah, yeah, and then uh, a surprising loss for Cedric Rangers, New Albany Eagles, as they were shut out against Olentangy Liberty. Well, that's somewhat of an alma mater for Cedric. I mean, he's from New Albany. Oh, yeah, Albany, he's, but he's from New Albany, but say, he went to St. Charles. I was going to say, Cedric went to St. Charles. That is correct. St. Charles also takes a loss. Um, as wow, you're just you're kicking the man while he's down right now, and he's not even here. Okay, and you want to know who is kicking that man? The man whose school lost sixty nine to fourteen. Okay, uh, yeah, so he yeah. can kick yeah. the yeah. Carl. Do you want to know what the halftime score was? Was it? Oh, oh, oh. fifty six to seven. You are sixty two really to close. seven. I was about to say, I knew I knew what that halftime score was. <laughs> yeah, it was. It did not go well. But yeah, Washington Courthouse. I think they're becoming. My like second adopted team, like you know, Portsmouth West was like my first adopted yeah, team. Yeah. I think Washington Courthouse has like slowly become my second because they get a victory over St. Charles, fifty to twenty-one. FAC play is going to be interesting oh, yeah. between. I've been saying it a long time, dude. The FAC this year loaded. Oh, oh my gosh, those top three teams, and you know, even we want to show some love to McLean. McLean yeah, is McLean's sitting not here. Too bad. Their only loss, let me make sure that they did not lose to Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy as I say this, but their only loss heading into tonight uh, was against McLean, fell to Zane Trace, 40 to nothing. Zane Trace is an unbeaten football team. Zane Trace got a 49 to 6 win over Huntington. McLean looking for a McLean score. Yep, 48 to 14 victory. So McLean sitting at 4 and 1. Yeah. Washington Courthouse sitting at 4 and 1. Chillicothe at four and one with a twenty-four to nothing victory over Logan. Chillicothe's only loss to Division One foe Westerville North, who is three and two. Um, no, like super impressive wins for Westerville North. It's an OCC squad. Exactly. I, mean, I was going to say it's an OCC squad. That's... And they were on the road. Yeah. Or, or no, that they were. That game was say, actually at home. I thought it was, it was in Chillicothe. Game, yeah, they had Westerville North come down and play at Chillicothe in that one. Interesting yeah. to see. Yeah, I think they did a home and home because I'm pretty sure they went up to Westerville last year. Gotcha. Uh, and then Jackson gets another big time victory. Jackson, four of their five games have been absolute thrillers this yeah. year. Week one, blowout Logan, 35 to eight. But then a loss last minute and a half touchdown to Ironton, 29 26. Then against Tri Valley, you miss an extra point with a minute 50 to go. 
and they lose 14 to 13. They beat Western Brown 41 to 35 on a late stop against Drew Novak, who I believe passed Joe Burrow for, I think he's now fourth all time in the OHSA most it's either passing fifth yards. or fourth. It's, it's in the middle of the top yeah. 10. I do know that. Mm-hmm. And then Jackson, after being shut out in the first half, gets a 20 to 12 victory at Wheelersburg. Wheelersburg, one of the top defenses in all of Southeast Ohio. And then we mentioned Washington Courthouse. Washington Courthouse and Chillicothe both have SEC tight ends. So Southeast Ohio fans, if you want to see some of the top talent that the entire state of Ohio has to offer, look no further than the FAC because you got Tanner LeMaster for Washington Courthouse committed to Kentucky, Tavion Galloway from Chillicothe uh, committed to LSU, and also the Jackson Ironmen have future Ohio Bobcat Jacob Winters at the quarterback position. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue to map all around Southeast Ohio. You're listening to Football Friday Night here on Power 105. It is that time of year again. Hunting season is just around the corner. Stop by the Rocky Outdoor Gear Store to see our archery department. We have Matthews, Hoyt, PSE, and 10-point bows. Whether you are looking for an upgrade or just need your bow fixed, our bow tech will get you ready for the fall. We also have a wide selection of firearms, ammo, boots, and camo. Our hours are 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. Located at 45 East Canal Street in Nelsonville. See you soon. Power 105. Hey, what's up? It's your music-loving friend, Rick Dees. Don't forget to join me every Sunday morning, 10 to 2. We go all the way to number one. Right here, the weekly Top 40 countdown on Power 105. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Steve Abdella has been working in Athens for over 30 years and is proud to be a part of the community. Stop by and see Steve for great deals at Auto Exchange, located at the corner of Johnson Road. You can also give him a call at 740-331-2713 or find him on Facebook. Over 80 newer, nicer used cars are available. Head on over to Auto Exchange and get a car today. Steve Abdella at Auto Exchange, proud supporter of high school sports. Since 1963, Donato's was built on three fundamentals, creating a superior product, hiring great people, and adhering to strong principles that promote goodwill in the community. Stop by East State Street and try out their appetizing pizzas, subs, salads, desserts, and beverages with party sizes available. Donato's only uses the freshest of ingredients with no artificial colors in their food. Eat fresh. Every piece is important. Only at Donato's on East State Street in Athens. Hey! Yo! This is my grandson. Today is his 18th birthday. When I was 18, ladies used to think I was fine. Uh, He's a smart guy, but I thought he could use a little advice today. Start putting away some money. Call your mother. You need to sign up with the Selective Service System. Save money, call mom, and register with SSN. Hey, Grandpa, this boy got that police head, the kind that roll up and stop wherever he wants to. Be the man. 
Register with the Selective Service System today at SSS.gov. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 593-7393. That's 593-7393. This is Football Friday Night on the home of the Game of the Week. Power 105. Busy week number five all across Southeast Ohio. Sitting to my left are the broadcasters of the Athens County Game of the Week, where Alexander improves to 2-0 and in TVC Ohio play, 4-1 and overall. Alexander making a push for the playoffs with a 28-13 victory over Wellston. I think they can do it. I really do. I do, too. I think their offense is good enough for them to do it. Uh, I think I think that they can get a win over River Valley. I think that game could be definitely a winnable ball game. I think the Megs game is a winnable ball game for them. Don't count them out in other games. So the Warren game is getting interesting as the season progresses for Alexander. Um, I think that they can compete next week against VC. I don't, uh, I'm not going to make a pick on that game, but I think it'll be an interesting ball game overall. Uh, like we said, home field advantage will take it. Take it's it's told that game's in MacArthur, but um, yeah, that's interesting for VC. Some of their bigger games this year are at home. They're at MacArthur at playing at Viking Stadium there. Um, interesting with the sixteen team playoffs. It, I think it's pretty rare for a team to win six games to miss the playoffs. Uh, I think they didn't New Lex win six games last year and miss out. West Ham. West Ham. Okay. By um, one. By one spot yeah. they missed out. Yeah, missed out by one spot. But I think if you win six games, most of the time you're going to be good. As long as you beat one team, that's pretty good, which I don't think West Ham really did. I think their best win was New Lex, right? Yeah. Yeah, if I remember correctly last year, because I was at that uh, Meadowbrook-New Lex game, or what Meadowbrook and West Ham game, uh, week 10. Uh, shout out Story Rivals, by the way. They made me a meme. Um, but uh, at that game, it was uh, uh, West Ham had you to were win. a meme? Yeah, the, the Surrender Cobra. You not remember that meme, Roth? The Surrender Cobra of me? I don't me? think so. And, and, and uh, Storied Rivals. I got to show Carl, you this Carl, pull picture. it up. Carl Arcade, pull, I'll pull it up. I'm pulling it up. It was, it was uh, really big in the Hardwood chat. Uh, we had we, When we were talking with Hardwood Heroes, it was huge during that. But I, I, I'm, I'm not a, f- a big fan of expanded playoffs. But uh, clearly... I, we know. No. <laughs> yeah, we know. I one of the things, well, and any anything, college we football, it. we, we can got do a whole different thing. Let's keep but, on, keep on track, Carla. Let's one keep the, talking the, about the kids who play on Friday. <laughs> okay, we're not one of the big. I think missed opportunities for Louisville. Tremble. I think Tremble really could have solidified themselves into being a playoff team if they, they were could've. able to pull it off against Woodward. Woodward. Yeah, um, big opportunity for Tremble. I have seen that picture before by Cade. Cade looking like a meme. He's shocked. I'm not sure what you were shocked by. <laughs> that was the uh, Meadowbrook uh, halftime bomb they threw. Meadowbrook threw a bomb a right at the halftime. A bomb, like a, I threw a oh. touchdown. Yeah, I was about to say. I, threw a I thought we were talking pass. about like a metaphorical bomb. No, I was no, like, no. Well, we were talking about <laughs> Anyways, they threw. Well, when you said halftime, I thought this was like a band performance. And, oh. Like they did something with like a. And everybody, I was like, what are they doing, man, with a bomb? Like, uh, no, they threw. They 
They threw like he a said at <laughs> halftime. I literally okay. was imagining right, the band, right. bro. <laughs> right before we're already off topic. The it's wheels not even, it's off. not even eleven thirty. Um, but they threw like a fifty yard pass, Hail Mary at at the bell uh, at to end the half. There we go. And it was in the back of the end zone. This guy from Meadowbrook made this amazing catch and storied rivals caught a picture of me doing the surrender Cobra and they freeze framed on me on their video and their recap. It was one of their top plays of the year. And you could see me in the background just doing a surrender Cobra with like my mouth and like gaping in amazement of this play. Uh, probably one of my better memories from last fall and doing Gridiron Glory, I will say. Yes, uh, we'll stay. I mean, we can stay in the MVL right now oh, because we're already talking about it. Uh, battle of the division favorites, Tri-Valley 23, New Lexington 12. You know, this New Lexington defense is actually kind of legit. This is yeah. a team. I don't think they're going to win two playoff games, but if you would have asked me heading into the week their odds of winning two playoff games, I would have said maybe 5%. Now I'm going to say it's like 25, 30%. They're one of the top four teams. That might be too high, might be an overreaction. But the fact that they held Tri-Valley, I know Tri-Valley isn't known for their offense, but for you to only lose 23 to 12 against a team in a bigger division, a team that has historically pushed around a lot of the smaller MVL schools, really the only schools that have been able to compete with Tri-Valley recently in the MVL are like John Glenn and Sheridan. Uh, the Scotties are an elite program. They've had, whenever their coaches leave, they go on to better pastures and they win big. Oh, yeah. And that's just what Tri-Valley does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if Cam West ever wanted to leave Tri-Valley, uh, he, he is a graduate of Tri-Valley and also a Gridiron Glory Player of the Year winner. And he was a Coach of the Year finalist last year, which was pretty interesting. So, storied career for Cam West playing and coaching with the Scotties. But, you know, that has been sort of an elevation job. You do a good job at Tri-Valley, and then you go on maybe to, like, the OCC. Um, so, interesting to see New Lexington. Cade, what do you think about this New Lexington defense? Because I know you've been kind of pushing the hype train for them. Carl, I'm sorry. We we talked about OVC while you were gone, <laughs> so you don't get to... I heard. I don't get to hear all about... Colgrove, who I will say one interesting thing about Colgrove this year, you know what? The, you remember the final score of that game, right, Roth? What, 43 6? Yeah. They've had like three games this year with the final of 43 6. We're going we're gonna to fact check you. Well, right Burn now. Union, that was 43 6. Last week against. Oh, Ooh, South Point. you're one point off. Oh, 43 6. Wow. Wait, what? It was 43 7 against South Point. Oh. Still, yeah, still, pretty though, impressive. Pretty still, impressive, like, Carl. That's but, a good note. But hey, uh, I, before we do talk uh, MVL on the team, I'm highest on in Southeast Ohio. I will give Carl's Colgrove Hornets. Well, also, the top, the number two and number three team in the OVC look very shaky tonight. Yeah, Galley, a two point yeah. win at Portsmouth, and also Fairland with only a seven point win at Rock Hill. Like Colgrove could be the second best team. Yeah. They've um, been they've the been the number two best team in my opinion. I man, uh, I cannot yeah, no. put a team that but, gave up thirty four points yeah. to Megs at the yeah. number two team. Yeah. I just cannot yeah. do it. That's the, uh, that's the only thing that's making me shake on Colgrove right now. I still think that they could easily get third, and I think they're going to give Fairland a really good ball game. I mean, you could say the same thing about Galley Academy. Look how close they played Athens week two. 
How close? Carl, that final was like 42 to, it was like 42 to six. What are we talking about close? How's that? What do you mean still? They didn't give up 30 plus points. 38 to 15. That's not competitive. Yeah. I was about to say, Carl, no, 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 no. That's, that's a, that's a whole different ball game. But, but yeah, no, back to the, back to my team that I'm highest on in Southeast Ohio this year. And even saying I'm highest on is a bit of a stretch. Actually, I would say they're the highest on, but highest being, well, yeah, they'll finish like eight and two and they're decent in their district, but, or in their region, but new Lexington, I I think, like you said, their defense is legit. A lot of people were talking about their offense going to this game, been one of the better offenses uh, this entire year. I believe their uh, quarterback I think his last uh, last name is Lucas. Um, if I, I can't remember it off the top of my for, head. For Newlex? Yeah. I thought it was Tatum Toth. No, they no, no they switched it up. Is Toth the wide receiver then? I think so. Yeah, I think you might be right because that that, that doesn't sound familiar for the running back. Anyways, Newlex. Oh, you were talking running back. I thought you were talking quarterback. No, I am talking quarterback. Um, uh, Lucas Ratliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I knew was, I knew there was a name Lucas in there, but yeah, Lucas Ratliff. Honestly, I I, I keep messing up names tonight, man. I'm not having a good night. Anyways, uh, they've been playing good this year. Uh, a lot has been talking about their offense. I think I was looking at stats the other day, and Lucas Ratliff was one of the better passers in Southeast Ohio altogether this year. Uh, for New Lexington, they played a tough Tri Valley squad. It was a grounded out football game. Tri Valley ends up getting the victory, but hats off to New Lex. I think that they can give Sheridan a game week ten. Uh, in the Perry County Super Bowl, that game is interesting. Very circled on 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 uh, my calendar because if New Lexington can go nine and one and set themselves up uh, for two home playoff games, that's a good situation to be in if you're the Panthers. It's a tough play there at the pit uh, at New Lexington uh, down in the down in the pit's an interesting place. I've never been there for a game, but I've been there for a practice. Yeah, and, you know, I was there I, for a scrimmage. I went there. To New Lexington High School, and the high school is not by the football stadium. No. So a lovely uh, mom who I think I she was like picking up her kid from something. I was like, "Hey, where's the football stadium? Because I need to interview somebody." And I, I got like the directions to like whatever was across the street from it. Yep. So then I was able to find it. Yep. Um, so yeah, always an adventure going to whatever <laughs> Southeast Ohio High School football stadium that is not right at the high school. And Carl is going to share a story. Oh yes. And I blame you for this. This is the first game I've ever gone out for Gridiron Glory for. And Roth sends me out with another complete newbie and Aiden Crawley. And we're sitting there. We have no clue. Aiden makes sure to ask Roth, hey, is the football stadium at the high school? What did I say? Yes. I'm pretty sure you I said, said yes. You said it was at the high school. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I said I think so, but Chloe would know. I'm pretty sure that's what I said. <laughs> I think I don't. I don't remember no I, Chloe would know thing. I I do remember, like if you asked me, I was like, yeah, I think it's there, but I am. I don't know because like you, I have you, to delete texts because they take up storage yep, on my phone, yep. so we won't have the receipts for this. But I would put I would put the odds at seventy percent that I some said something about to confirm like here's Chloe's number or text Chloe for it. I'm putting it at seventy no. percent. Carl no. Carl is gonna go to his grave thinking that I just threw him to the I wolves. 
No. Well, you threw Aiden to the wolves. Well, Aiden was a person. Where we went to, by the no, way. No, this is Gallia Academy. So basically what ended then up happening. Maybe the second you the... couldn't find it, I sent you Chloe's number to give you directions. Maybe that's what it was. Because I'm pretty sure that she was the did like she not help you get there, or did you just have to find it yourself? I, we well, we ended up we we went there. You went to and Rio. We, we, went, we, we went to Rio Grande. We were at the Bob Evans farm. It, it said some field, so we we went with the nearest. <laughs> so field. you just went to the nearest field. <laughs> Carl's like, said. I gotta that's go to Galley again. We looked up football field, and that's what it said. And so we ended up there. Then somehow we managed to get there right at kickoff. For I, a good I, game. I love it was a great game. It was a great game. It Gallia was Gallia Academy Megs. and Megs. And, I mean, oh, legitimately, yeah. legitimately, like, I love Galley Academy Stadium. It's so cool how it's kind of integrated with the houses, like, right over right over the home stands. Like, I really enjoy that. Okay, back to the topic of New Lexington and high school stadiums not being at the high schools uh, and the NBL in total. Uh, New Lex, I think they're going to win the small school division. I think they're obviously the best team. That that region's t- the region I don't know if they're the best team in it though. They've been ranked at the top. They've been looking good this season. There's a lot of good competition that's not going to have good records in that region this year. One that comes to mind, Licking Valley, who won big over my alma mater this evening. They've got a big game coming up against Zanesville that's really going to give them a test of where they're going to be at this year. Um there's some good teams in that Division Four region that I don't know if New Lex can really beat, but I think that, like you said, I think that they can get two two playoff wins, maybe three. Uh, maybe that, three? That's a stretch. You think they're a top-two team in that's this a, region? That's a bit. I haven't looked at the okay, region so you in a know while. What? Give me, give me what, some of those teams. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Depends on the draw they get. It really does. Yeah, I was about to say. Okay. Because there's, there are some teams that will be toward the bottom of that that will be – uh, pretty good ball clubs, I will admit. So, the number one team in this region by far is Steubenville. Oh, yes. Steubenville yes. is a power. But if you avoid them, I think, let me see what St. Clairsville did tonight. Yeah, that, that was the only other team I remember seeing in this uh, in this region that really, that in Carrollton maybe? Uh, Carrollton looked good against Philo. Um, yeah, you know what? Indian Valley looked pretty decent. Has looked decent. I, I don't mean, feel good about anybody in this entire region yeah, I besides know. Steubenville. It I was could about be to Columbus say, East. Because eh, St. Eh. Clairsville lost to St. Clairsville lost to a team that is the equivalent of a Division Seven school in Ohio in Lindsley. They oh, play yeah. Fort Fry. They go to Fort Fry. So Lindsley, this is interesting because if they're as small of a school as Joe Itell is indicating. They Ooh. win at St. Clairsville. They're then going to go to Fort Fry, and then they're going to go to Steubenville, and then they play Dover at home. I, I wonder if Joe Itell has them listed long be, wrong because it would really stun me if they were a Division Seven equivalent in Ohio and they're playing Steubenville, Fort Fry, and Dover. That's just tough. Yeah, I was about to say, they would probably be more so like maybe a d5 maybe d6 equivalent maybe d4 yeah Steubenville is like a good d really good d4 school dover's a d3 school like why would what a school that i mean i guess they're just good because they get the victory over st clairsville tonight they're a boarding school 
Ah, okay. Uh, so they're like newer Catholic. So yeah, okay, they're like a private school. I gotcha. gotcha. Okay, so that's why that's why there's that more because they can pick their pick their size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, um, they can pick all fifty kids and oh, guess what? Thirty five of them play on the football team. Yep. Wow, shocker! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sound like uh, a little bit of the critique. But my there kid between... has a four point five middle school GPA. Ha. Yeah. Your, your kid's 5'3", 110 pounds. Yeah, He's not going to... Sorry, you can't make it. Uh, you might be able to try out golf next year, you know. I, I, don't, I don't know, but <laughs> uh, yeah. we're getting a little off topic now. Kind of started going on a rant between private and public schools. But uh, Yeah, we'll, we'll reel yeah. then because... Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm there, You're right. That's there's, a wide open region. It is. Anybody. Carrollton looks decent. Uh, like I said... They, a lot I of think, decent. Yeah, a lot of decent. Like, not nobody that's really crazy i mean if, if new lex can if new lex can come out of this going nine and one and getting a top four seed no no, no. they just need to avoid Actually, they would need to they get just need to avoid stupid i was gonna say they'd they probably two get two or three. or three i think they can get two or three i think they can i think new lex can go nine and one this year get two or three seed in this region if you get i mean that's two home games you got and that's one game you're playing at a neutral site in the regional semifinal game New Lex might get those three wins, Roth. It, it might happen. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them yet. Like you said, a lot of decent in uh, this Division Four, Region Fifteen. We'll see how it progresses as the season goes. But oh, uh, you know who's sitting there just hiding? Who are we missing? Bishop Hartley. Oh, that yeah. One and three. Bishop Hartley. They play Lima Central Catholic tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. I've heard. I've heard that they don't look as good as they usually do but then again, partly i was about to say you look at their ross or you look at their schedule and they're playing teams that are, are good i know they were very close against harvest prep it was 40 to 35 and harvest preps one of the better schools in d5 down here well, no no no, 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 no. I, top three harvest prep is the top three oh, yeah. five schools i was about to say what i was, gonna say, I was gonna say no 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 i know i know roth you, you, you even can't. Ever. Even if Bishop Hartley is looking bad, I mean, if they play New Lexington tomorrow, we all know who. Oh you're yeah, pick. Oh, I know. But trust me, I got it. I, I'm from Central Ohio, man. I know about Bishop Hartley. I know about St. Francis de Sales. I know about all these private schools in well, Columbus. De Sales is up to D two. I know they're so up. We really up. Southeast Ohio doesn't really. I think I like Taze. Yeah. And maybe like Licking Heights or Watkins are the only yeah. schools that would mess around with them. Yeah. So yeah, they're kind of. I know they went up, but like we're talking like three, four years ago yeah, when yeah. they were, like, all in the same division or, or with, like, Licking Valley. and Because I remember watching Licking Valley play at DeSales against uh, Bloom Carroll, the Otto Coons years, uh, Bloom Carroll's quarterback. Um, yeah, that was Is a, Otto at OU? No, I'm pretty sure he's at Eastern. He was at he's, Eastern. He's, but I, I, thought, I, I thought somebody said he was going to come here. Maybe not. Maybe I think he's still there. there. I'm gotcha. pretty sure he's still there. So speaking of Bloom. Um, Bloom Carroll gets a blowout victory, forty-two thirteen over a winless Amanda. Clark I was going to say, squad. I thought they played Amanda tonight. Yeah, uh, we don't have resident uh, MSL expert Doc yeah, Stevens tonight, but um, his his squad did get a victory. That was my next. That was my next game. Fairfield Union thirty-two to twenty-four. Hamilton Township gets the victory. Uh, Taze Valley with a tight one over Liberty Union twenty-one to fourteen, and in the battle of Pickway County, battle of Circleville. Battle of the Pumpkin Show. It's Logan Elm 21, Circleville 0. Logan Elm, that's another team in that Division 4, Region 15, just kind of hanging around here. Yeah. So a lot of interesting scores in the MSL, some close games. Logan Elm, obviously good defensive performance, but Taze, a tight victory over Liberty Union. And then also you had Hamilton Township winning a close game. Um, 
I think like Hamilton Township, uh, they're they're above Fairfield Union and Amanda Clear Creek. Those are probably the bottom. Yeah, I think I think HT might be in that like next tier. Yeah, and then the the, the, HT and Circleville probably next to each other. And then that's Logan Elm. I think Tays is better than Logan Elm. But I'm not. But the way sure. Logan Elm plays, though, where they grind out possessions, exactly. might make that game very interesting as we see moving on. Especially yeah. since Taze's offense hasn't really been as electric as it has been the past couple years. Um, but like back to that, back to that uh, Division Four Region 15, we're looking at Hartley, possibly going around 500. Bishop Hartley. It'd probably be somewhere between a 7 and a 12 seed if yeah. they win five or six games. Yeah, I would expect that. I mean, like you said, got to play at Lima Central Catholic. They only have two home games this year. Wow. How about that for Bishop Hartley? They're going to play eight away games. They got to play at St. Francis de Sales. Do you think their school had some sort of construction? Because the only two home games are the last two games of the year. Well, I, if you've ever ever seen, have you ever seen their baseball field, Roth, or ever heard of that on like any national stage? No, but stage? I've been to their. I've literally been to oh, their been to... Uh, football stadium. Gotcha. Stadium. Okay, but, but I, I have no idea what their baseball field is. It's one of the. If, if any of you out there that want to look up some of the weirdest places to play sporting events in Ohio, look up Bishop Hartley's baseball field. One of the weirdest things ever. I saw this on a list one time of like the most awkward dimensional baseball. Uh, high school baseball fields in all of the country, and Bishop Hartley was on this list. But I, you know, I just wanted to bring that up because we were talking about Bishop Hartley. But yeah, that that is interesting to see them only have two home games late in the season. But okay, also we're speaking about home games. Steubenville has been a crime against scheduling this year. Oh my year, gosh, Steubenville seven seven seven. How many do you think they had last year? Six. Nine. What? Yes, Steubenville with 16 of their last 20 regular season games at home. What? 2021, nine home games, one away game. 2022, seven home games, three away games. Steubenville, Big Red, just bringing everybody in to Jefferson County. They're looking like a state title contender, but... uh, don't make them travel like they'll have to do deep in the OHSA <laughs> yeah. playoffs. We're going to take a break right now as everybody tries to process how Steubenville is able to schedule like that. You're listening to Football Friday Night here on Power 105. Wendy's new French toast sticks are so delicious, some are saying that they're better than their mom's breakfast. Excuse me. Did you just say Wendy's new French toast sticks are better than my breakfast? Mom, is that you? Answer the question. I said some people are saying that because they're so crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and perfect in every way. Uh Uh-huh. And what do you think? I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new sweet and crispy homestyle French toast sticks. That's still not an answer. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. When one door closes, Atomic Credit Union is open. Conveniently located on State Street in Athens, we're ready to help with all your financial needs. We offer mortgage and auto loans, credit cards, instant debit cards, online and mobile banking, and so much more. Visit us at 920 East State Street or online at AtomicCU.com. And as Discover the credit union difference. All loans subject to approval. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity lender. Hi, this is Kevin Peterson, the host of Sunrise here every weekend. And if you haven't heard the show yet, check it out this weekend and hear what you've been missing. 
Sunday mornings at 8 on Power 105. This isn't technically overtime, but it's just as fun. Football Friday night on Power 105. That music got to get you excited. (laughs) We're having a good time. Football Friday night here on WXTQ. Bit bit of a rowdy show. Um, (laughs) Seems like every week we get worse and worse. I don't know. I think last week was actually a pretty boxed-in show. Besides, I wasn't here. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Carl Carl brings the energy. Well, wait, wait, wait. wasn't wasn't last week the week where we had everybody call in? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was probably why we were so normal because Carl wasn't here. We had. We had calls from the Ohio Bobcat gang. We had calls from Doc. I think we had um, the Miller Miller squad. Yeah, the Miller squad called yeah. again tonight. Um, but speaking of the Ohio Bobcat squad that called last week, let's talk some Ohio Bobcats football. Okay. Um, you know, it's 1140. We've given you all the all the high school scores that you need to know. We'll run through really quickly. Uh, Athens County game of the week, Alexander 28 to 13 over Wellston. Spartans 2-0 in CBC Ohio play. Vinton County also 2-0 in CBC Ohio play. Uh, over on our sister station, WATH, you listen to their 21-6 to victory over the Athens Bulldogs. Megs over River Valley, 37-20. to Megs gets their first conference victory. And NY wins the one out of conference game in TBC Ohio, 32-13. to Over in the Hawking, Trimble still winless, 28-20. to Losers at home to Cincinnati Woodward. Uh, Belpre still looking for their first points of the season. They fall 68-0 to against Caldwell. South Gallia, second time, same result against Scioto'sville East. This time it was at home, and South Gallia gets the win 40-34. to Southern blows away Manchester 42-0, to and in the biggest game in the TVC Hawking, Waterford defends home field 29-13 to over Eastern. So now moving along, uh, the Ohio Bobcats um, are traveling once again to a Power 5 opponent. They are playing the Iowa State Cyclones, who are fresh off a victory in El Asico, the battle between Iowa and Iowa State. Uh, according to Coach Tim Albin, he's been here, I think, maybe 17 years? I think he came here in, like, 2004. Uh, he says this is the first time that the Bobcats have played back-to-back games against Power 5 opponents on the road. So a little interesting, because, you know, Ohio usually... Usually plays one Power 5 opponent a year. Some years they play two. Um, But Coach Albin said in the press conference that this is the first time that he can remember that they play back-to-back Power 5 opponents on the road in back-to-back weeks. So Bobcats, they're in Ames, Iowa right now. It's a 2 p.m. kickoff. Um, What are your guys' expectations for this game as Ohio is one of two MAC schools with a F- B.S. victory this year. That is an unreal stat. The Mac really taking those L's. Yeah. Um, I would say the Bobcats actually might have an okay chance at this game. It really depends on the defense. I'm not really impressed by Iowa State's offense so far. And Iowa State, 10 points against Iowa. Iowa... Great defense, a catastrophic offense. Iowa scored seven points with two 
blocked punts. Think about how hard that is. Yeah. They blocked two punts. For safeties. And no, no, no they didn't. Oh. I was going to say Carl. This was a different day. Oh, you're talking about the, oh, you're talking about the different one. No, no, no. The, the week they Iowa got State. two safeties. We're not talking yeah. South Dakota State. Yeah. Dude, they blocked two punts and could only score seven points. Let's see. I want to see what they did off of these block punts. So block punt, then they got touchdown, 16 yards. And then their other blocked punt came um, Iowa State. They, they punted the ball a lot. So um, it had to be in the third quarter right here. Yeah, punt blocked. Um, at, they blocked the punt at Iowa State's own eight-yard line. They take over at the 20, and then they fumble at the one-yard line. So great job, Iowa, um, not taking advantage of the turnovers that their defense creates. But uh, in Iowa State's other game, 42-10 to 10 victory over Southeast Missouri State uh, FCS opponent. Exactly. I, I think if the Bobcat defense can step up and if Curtis Rourke can look how he did week one, I, 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 think, I think that the Bobcats can keep it close. Maybe, maybe give them a little bit of a sweat. I think they definitely cover. How, it's 18 and a half. Okay, so I thought the Bobcats there's would cover. Difference. I was going to say, there's a difference between covering and it being a close ball game. Well, no, I think, I think they keep it close. I think it's within a score in the third quarter. So here's what I'll say. If the Bobcats want to cover, like their best bet is like a 27 to 10 game where like Iowa State takes their foot off the gas pedal. I just, I don't know because yeah. I think so. Everybody was like, well, the Penn State game was cool. And the biggest thing we got out of that, we're not really hurt because sometimes when you play these big schools, you get hurt. Look at Kent State. Kent State, I know they're getting that bag um, from the teams they're playing, but let's rattle off Kent State's non conference schedule. This is generating, I was about to say, I think $6 million. That's rough. The golden flashes last time I checked. Week, sure. week one at Washington, 45 to 20 loss. Week two at Oklahoma, 33 to 3 loss. Long Island comes to town this week. Oh, nice breather. What do we have after that? Oh, yeah, we're just going down to Georgia. So Kent State, there's already been, I've been seeing people tweeting about how they've lost a couple starters to injury. Not sure how long that's going to last. The nice thing for Ohio. They get Kent State the Saturday after they play at Georgia. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who you put out there. Like, Georgia's just going to physically beat down a MAC opponent. Like, even Georgia's <laughs> yeah. backups are just going to be bigger, faster, stronger. So that might have an effect on that OU-Kent State game. And that's really my question this week for the Bobcats. How much juice do they have left in the tank? Ohio could not run against Penn State whatsoever ohio uh, ran the ball let's see how many times they ran the ball against penn state ohio rushes the ball 26 times for 100 yards um 3.8 yards a carry that's just not going to get it done curtis rourke with a long of 25 yards um so in, in the other carries for the bobcats they had 25 carries for 75 yards so in every carry but one they averaged three yards a carry uh, Navarro, 3.7 yards to carry on seven carries. Tia Bangura, who was really solid in the Bobcat season opening win, 25 yards on seven carries. That's 3.6 to pop. Uh, McCormick, 17 yards on four carries. That's 4.3 yards to carry. That's just 
Ohio is going to need to get better rushing production because as great as Curtis Rourke was in the week one victory over FAU, which, like I said, the Mid-American Conference has two FBS victories, one of them the Ohio Bobcats home victory over FAU and the other victory for a Mid-American Conference squad against an FBS opponent. I believe it was Toledo. Toledo. I was going to say, I know it's Toledo. And it's against UMass, which is... That's one right. of the bottom five FBS teams yeah. in the country. And Nobody else has won a game against the FBS opponent. Now, like some teams, uh, you look at like uh, Western Michigan's a good example. They played at Michigan State, and then they played a conference game against Ball State. So, like, they haven't really had a chance to win a non-conference game. Their chance will come probably not this week, but, like, it would be very pit for Pitt to lose at Western Michigan. Happened last year. Happened last year, man. Exactly. At home. Yeah. The Panthers, not yeah. going through Kalamazoo, uh, but especially is Slovis out of that game? I believe so. I was about to say. I mean, he—I know he took a big hit late uh, at in that ball game against Tennessee last week. So, yeah, Western Michigan—it's not, not impossible. Western Michigan—they get a game at San Jose State, so that'll be a winnable game for the Mid American Conference. And then um, Toledo, their winnable game is going to be at San Diego State because the Rockets are heading to Columbus for. A prime time showdown yep. between the Toledo Rockets <laughs> and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Hey, at least they're not playing it in Cleveland this year. Like they did. I went to play. that game. Oh, you did? Yeah. Uh, when it was in uh what is now First Energy Stadium. Yep, Cleveland Brown Stadium. I was at that game. I was I don't know how old I was, I was whatever say, year it was. Uh, I think it was an 09. I think so it was, I would have been nine. It was it was twenty eleven because it was I think that was the last game that uh that was the last game before Miller became the starting quarterback. This actually does sound right because Vandy was either supposed to play him that year or the year after, and that was when Vandy was good, and Vandy was only good in 2012 to 2014. So that timeline actually does make sense. I'm looking it up. I'm, I'm looking it up. Fact checker right here. Yeah, I'll, um, 09. I was right. Wow. 2009. Yep. September 19th, 2009. And the final was like 38 to 3. Let me look that up. Oh, that sounds about right. No, they played two. They played two then because okay. Carl. They only played one game. They only played one game in Cleveland. Yeah, right here at Cleveland, Ohio. Ohio State, the 11 ranked team in the country. Toledo unranked, one and two out of it. That was Terrell Pryor here, bud. And that was at Cleveland, Ohio. Roth final score. You were darn close. 38 nothing. Mm. No points for Toledo. But yeah, that was the game. So that was the game I was at. Yep. 20, 24 nothing. At halftime, uh, Buckeyes cruise. Um, but yeah, Bobcats, interesting one. I, I, I hope that they hold up on the offensive line. That's going to be the thing that I really watch out for because it could be a tough day for Curtis Rourke and it might not really be his fault. Um, plus you got to go against Matt Campbell, the guy who's yeah. rumored to be the next Nebraska head coach. That'd be a great bombshell just to drop uh, yeah. at like 11 a.m. Nebraska's <laughs> hired Matt Campbell. Oh, oh no, we're gonna win. Bobbies are going to win. They're going to um, go into Ames. And they're going to win. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so the, the spread is 18 and a half, and I think Carl makes some good points about Iowa State's offense. Yeah. Lacking explosiveness. I'm just – we'll see how often the Bobcats can get off the field. On, like, third and three, third and four, how often is Iowa State just going to willpower over them? We'll see. I, I think the Bobcats have made some important strides this year. I don't think – the Penn State game was as bad as the final score made it out to be. 
However, I don't have very high expectations whatsoever about tomorrow in Ames, Iowa. But we'll see. You know, more shocking things have happened. And this is a Bobcat squad that I think regardless is much improved from 2021. And that was the most important thing for Tim Albin this year. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I might check my phone once or twice. I'm going to be preoccupied. I'm going to be wearing green. I might still wear an Ohio thing. But I'll fit in perfectly tomorrow, both me and Cade heading up to South Bend. We get up at 6 in the morning tomorrow. I think that's an upset game brewing, in my opinion. I think Cal Ooh. could win the game over Notre Dame. Cal is terrible. Yeah, I was about to say. So is Notre Dame. Uh, no. They're not that bad. Uh, Carl, we'll their see. defense we'll is good. They're backup quarterbacks in, though. Like, Carl, Cal cannot score. Yeah, I was about to say. Cal cannot but, score. Yeah, Cal's not going to be able to score points. We're going to get like a you – know, we're going to get – A 21-10 to 10 yeah, final. Yeah, boom, Notre Dame perfect. Win. Yeah. Like, woo, we'll perfect, go watch some that's old. That's a perfect score yeah, prediction. it is. That is a good, you know what, Roth, you took it right out of my mouth because I was going to go, I, I was going to go 20 to three. That's what I thought the game okay. was going to be. I was going to go 20 to three. I think a three. little higher than that. I, you know, there, there's enough random. Even Iowa, Iowa State was 10 to seven. I, okay, I know. so yeah, we'll get. Okay, okay. I, I, got, I got it. But but then again, Iowa and South Dakota State was seven to three. So. Iowa is a different level of inept on offense. I, I, I know. Else. Well, that's what happens when you got Spencer Peters as your quarterback. Anyways, I digress. Um, yeah, it, Carl and I are making a trip up to South Bend. Should be an interesting game. Unlike Carl, I will not be wearing green because I refuse to support anything Notre Dame. Um, any, but besides, you, you act you act like I'm wearing green. Like I, I'm just gonna fit it because I'm wearing an Ohio it, stuff. It, it's, a, it's a it's a joke, Carl. It's a joke. The joke went right over your head. Anyways, um, yeah, excited to go see that stadium. Uh, check that one off the bucket list. I've been to Indiana now twice this year, for two. Uh, great venues with Carl. Went to the Indianapolis 500 in May, um, which was which was fun. Got a lot of sunburn that day. I think I'll get less this weekend. Not as much as Doc. No, you actually might. It's supposed to be like 80, 90 degrees. I'll be there. fine. Wow. I'll be yeah. fine. I won't be outside. I I won't be outside for seven hours sitting for sitting and walking for seven hours. I'll be outside for three. Nice. Um, yeah. So as we wrap up, got about seven minutes left in the show. We're going to look at what Joe Itell has updated. He's got pretty much every final score, it looks like, at least for this region, and that is Division Three, Region 11. This is where Athens is. Athens still winless, uh, tied with Bexley as the only two teams not to have a victory so far this year. But this region's interesting because you got Tri-Valley at the top with the most playoff points. The Scotties really benefiting from victories over four and one New Lexington, three and two Maysville, three and two Jackson, and three and two Licking Heights. So actually, the only the only school that is below five hundred on Tri Valley schedule, Columbus DeSales at two and three, which is crazy. Yeah, because it's St. Francis DeSales, and they're just on a whole different level. I mean, they really are. <laughs> yeah, because they beat Tri Valley twenty eight nothing. And honestly, looking at the rest of DeSales schedule. That's a bad result for Tri-Valley. Not like not like that they should have won the game, but I think if we're comparing final scores, like Tri-Valley beat Jackson, I don't think there's any way Jackson gets shut out by the sales. Like that's at least like a yeah. 28-14 game. Um, field advantage in Roth. Talk, I mean, that, that was at, that was at, at Tri-Valley. Yeah, I was about to say. so that, And you, they didn't even cash in. I, I'm talking Tri-Valley Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. yeah I'm sense. not talking about the, the week one matchup. I'm talking Tri-Valley Matt, uh, Jackson. You know, you know, I mean, 
you're playing in front of that home crowd. You got a good defense uh, uh, year in and year out um, in Tri Valley. Uh, you're playing Jackson, what's got a better offense? So you, I think I think they'll score against the sales, but we'll see. Um, and then so Tri Valley sitting there top of the region despite having a loss. Two teams are unbeaten at number two and number three: Granville and Columbus South. Columbus South only four and zero because unfortunately Columbus City Schools had to cancel their week two games due to the teacher strike. At number four. Uh, actually teams number four through eight, all sitting at four and one. And I think any of these teams could make a run. Chillicothe, Sheridan, Washington Courthouse, Bishop Watterson, and Bloom Carroll. I think there's some better than others. A hundred percent. I think that Chillicothe, Courthouse, Watterson, and Carroll are all a tier above Sheridan. Yeah. Especially, I mean, but Sheridan did get a decent win tonight. Yeah. One I'm, over John Glenn. The, uh, one, I'm not sure how you would order the other four, though. Yeah. Between Chillicothe, Washington Courthouse, Watterson, and Bloom Carroll. I'd probably have Carroll one, Watterson two? Yeah. I don't, I, know. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to see. But there is uh, a digressing a little bit here. There's an NBL score we didn't go over that's a bit interesting. Philo tonight beat uh, West Ham 20 to 14 in that ball game. I know that wasn't that's, really uh, as big school yeah, big dominance school. over small yep. school. Like that's we, we, we talked that about is. that a lot in, in that, uh, that Thursday show and like there proved your point. Yeah. Jackson number nine and then 10 and 11, two, four and one teams just don't have really many points. Bell Fountain and Jonathan Alder. Uh, we talked about region 15 plenty. Uh, now moving over division five, region 19 Ironton at the top at 5 and 0 they got a lot of playoff points 12.6 average so far according to Joe Itell second is actually Union Local and this is uh so Union Local they are 5 and 0 but their first game of the season does not count towards playoff points so playoff points only has them at 4 and 0 however Union Local is 5 and 0 because their week 1 opponent, opponent was the Columbus Crusaders club team um, seems like they've played, they also played Mogador and Kiski Prep, and it looks like they're going to play um, Toledo Woodward uh, as well. So that's why they only appear 4-0 for games that are rated. Harvest Prep at 5-0 at third. Any of those teams are going to be tough outs. And then you got Centerburg at number four. Really a team that's kind of blown under the radar. I haven't really heard yeah. anything about Centerburg, but then my guys... Well, they beat they beat East Knox in that game last week, Roth. They looked good in that game against East Knox. Yeah, but a loss to Utica? Yeah, I know. Try Trust me. I, I will Utica's say this. sitting at 13th at 2-3. I, and three, I was going to say, like, Utica... Utica doesn't play the heavy hitter. I know, but they did... They played Licking Heights pretty solid last week. I think they have a newer Catholic game coming up here shortly on a Saturday night. Yeah, they lost to Licking Heights 41-21. Yeah, I I knew the first half was close. The first half was 28-21, I believe, and they got shut out. Licking Heights showed up, but, you know, I mean, they'll have to travel to Newark Catholic in that game. I think it'll be a Newark Catholic victory, but interesting to see how good Utica really is this year. I think they're the third best team in that division in the LCL. So Portsmouth West is at number five at four and one. Proctorville Fairland also at four and one. Wheelersburg at four and two. Uh, and then Minford at four and one rounds out the top eight. Barnesville. So Barnesville's victory over River has not been calculated yet. Barnesville, uh, pretty much no playoff points because every team they've beaten before tonight had a losing record. I imagine Barnesville ends up in the top five once their victory over five and oh River 
gets calculated. They might actually pass Centerberg and move up to number four. Um, Big-time victory for Barnesville. And then you got West Ham at number 10. A couple other teams to keep an eye on. Alexander, um, their victory over Wellston has not been calculated. Right now, they are sitting at 16th, um, but they only are 3-1 and one in Joe Itell so far. So we will wait for Joe Itell to update that one. And in Division 6, Region 23, Fort Fry at the top, Colgrove at number 2, West Jefferson at 3, and the Nelsonville-York Buckeyes at number 4. Uh, Northmore, uh, I think this was a game. Did we both pick Danville? Yes, we did. Got you. So we both nailed that one yes, because did. the Division 7 school that already had a loss beats the Division 6 unbeaten school. Um, and then Malvern sitting at 4-1. and one. They're number 6. Um, Shenandoah took their first loss of the night. Uh, so they slip a little bit in Division 6, Region 23. Should be interesting as it looks like Nelsonville-York will be the Athens County team with the best chance to really make a push in the playoffs. And we'll see if Trimble can right the ship in TBC Hawking play as they look to get enough points to make it to the playoffs. But that's about all. Any uh, quick closing thoughts before we wrap up? I think, like you said, last thing I'll mention, Trimble. Uh, I think I was talking to Carl as we were leaving tonight's ball game after hearing the final score between them and Woodward Cincinnati. I think that they can make it four and six. I think they can. If they can get that win, split the Waterford Eastern, uh, those two games, preferably get that win over Eastern because that would be Eastern going seven and three. Waterford beats you. They go seven and three. Um, but I think Trimble still don't count them out of a playoff spot. It, it's still early. Granted, they're 0-5, but they will bounce back. They looked good, good tonight against a D3 school from Cincinnati that's 4-1 and now, by the way. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Next week, you have Alexander Vinton County. You yes, got it. That's the Athens County Game of the Week, so stay tuned. We'll have all the scores next week on Football Friday Nights. has been Football Friday Night Post Game, presented by Atomic Credit Union, Minuteman Press, Wendy's, Airline Church of Christ, Donato's, and Steve Abdello of Auto Exchange.